You're listening to the Viva La Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first-generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mommy. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of this space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola, amiga. As soon as we become mamas, our identity shifts where we may find ourselves lost or confused about who we are as women. We may not have the clarity of what makes meaning of this new identidad, and we may make decisions that are not really clear based on our personal values and goals. This is why I invited someone to help us get an understanding of how we can shift our mindset to refocus on ourselves and understand the difference between being a woman and a mother. Today, we welcome Chris Madrigal, who is a certified life and mindset coach. She is also a corporate mom and human resources professional who has spent the last 18 years working at a Fortune 500. She has a deep passion to help working mothers break the self-imposed barriers that create mom guilt, overwhelm, and burnout to achieve a daily state of clarity, balance, and confidence to put themselves first as women to then find their purpose and achieve their desired goals in life. Greece wants women all around the world to know they have it in them to achieve greatness and success, and it is all inside of them. Greece is happily married with three children, two of which are identical twins. I had a wonderful conversation with Chris and she is offering the VLM community a free reset to redesign clarity session. To sign up, click on the link in the show notes for this free session with Chris. Now let's get into the episode con Chris Madrigal. Hola, hola, Chris. How are you? I am doing well today. I'm so excited to be here today and have this conversation with you. It's going to be so good. Yes, I am so excited that you are here as well because I appreciate you reaching out to me. I am loving all of the DMs that I'm receiving, especially from experts and professionals like yourself in terms of how you have been supporting moms and specifically like Latina moms. And that way they do not lose track of themselves. So the intention of our conversation is to kind of empower them and know that there is support out there, especially as we're trying to figure out our sense of belonging as mamas, as professional women in the workforce, and how you are such an integral person and part of their decision making through your coaching. So I'm very excited for you to be here. Before we delve into the conversation about that, I always allow my guests to introduce themselves to our listeners. So yeah, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Awesome. Thank you. So I am Chris Madrigal. And I live in Northern California in the Sacramento area, born here in California and raised half of my childhood in Mexico. So my parents decided to give us that experience of being in Mexico. 
and we were living <clears throat> six months in the U.S. and then six months in Mexico. And we did that through our childhood up until I started high school. And so my siblings and I had the opportunity to really, truly experience. I have to tell you, it's been one of the most beautiful experiences that my parents could have done for us. And so came back, really stayed here from high school when I had the opportunity to go to college and went to college, spent some time at San Jose State University. That's where I got three degrees. So I got two bachelors. I have one in international business, a second bachelor's in Spanish, and then I got a master's in communication studies. And so that's kind of been the journey of my life. You know, you kind of do the things that you are, I guess, expected to do or society says you should do. And so I did the the school thing. I went to college. I got the degrees and then I got the corporate job and I'm a human resources professional. I've been with the same corporation for the last 18 years. Uh, So that's where I've been in, in the corporate world, married, you know, still following the path that we're supposed to do, right? Got them married, bought the house, moved back home to kind of the hometown where I'm at. And we started a family. So that's kind of been the the journey of my life that brought me, you know, from my childhood up to where we are today and, you know, motherhood and beyond, if you will. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for walking us through your journey and, just how you are that proof that through hard work, dedication and mothering, you know, you can still do it all. The fact that you've been working a nine to five job in the corporate world for 18 years and, you know, still being a mom like that is awesome because part of this conversation is helping mamas understand and have a better idea of like who they are, you know, and and what they should prioritize on if this is something that they're figuring out or if they hit a crossroads or an identity crisis. I always call that the identity crisis of of mamas. I definitely want to allow you first to share your story as a mom of three, including your twin daughters, because I think this is fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I kind of shared a little bit of that journey, right? Leading up to motherhood, but it was beautiful. I had the opportunity to kind of go out and explore who I was as a woman, right? We're growing up. I had the opportunity. I came from a very small, I grew up in a very small town where wasn't too many Hispanics. So I did not feel the connection, if you will, here in California with my culture. And I think having that experience of going to Mexico and being fully immersed in what you love, which is your own culture was so beautiful to me. And I feel like that's where I made some deep connections and knew what, you know, beautiful friendships were like, even though it was at a younger age. So I come back to the U.S. and now I'm here back in California, back in a small hometown going through, you know, high school, which is such a tough period. You know, you're trying to find your identity, as you mentioned. And it was, it was hard. You know, I wasn't one that went out a lot. You know, we were just, my friends had very different interests than I did. So I go on to college and I moved to San Jose State, it, you know, the Bay Area, where now I was like, oh my gosh, you know, my culture, I found what I was missing, it almost felt like. And because 
that San Jose, San Francisco Bay Area is so full of and rich of that Mexican Hispanic culture. It was so beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. So it kind of brought me back to this comforting feeling of this is home. And so I had my experience there, you know, got the degrees, got the job, got married. Based on cost of living, we decided to make the decision to move back home to that small hometown, you know. But now I had my husband that was coming with me and doing, it was almost like a, a culture shock, if you will, because coming from a big city, going to a small town, you know, now we're trying to navigate marriage. And then, you know, our first year of marriage, we, we soon started to have children. And so we're finding our space in this new life, you know, our new identity as a married couple, we start to bring, you know, children into the world and raising a family and that alone, you know, is, is a whole new identity that we bring upon ourselves, parenthood, in this case, motherhood. And I have such an amazing son, you know, he's 13, 13 and a half now. His name is Giovanni. He is such an incredible human being. He is so inspiring to me. He really brings things to life for me. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's my little mini me. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, he brings things to my attention. Like, mom, you're speaking in a tone that is not how you normally talk. You know, why are you doing that? So he checks me all the time, but in a good way. Yeah. So he's been such a, such an amazing boy and especially an incredible big brother to our twin daughters. So my husband, Americo, him and I, you know, he wanted to always have a large family. And I was like, ah, we're just gonna, you know, take it slow. I'm good with, you know, one of each gender. So here we go, you know, we start this, you know, ready for, for our next child and we are hit with a surprise and they're twins. Mm -hmm. And so twins run in his family. I'm like, not in mine, but you know, I guess if I really pay attention, extended family, they're there. (laughs) So that was the first surprise, you know, how to navigate that piece. And then as we went through our, the pregnancy piece, you know, we started to the one, it's twin pregnancy, so it was a high-risk pregnancy. So we were immediately seen by different doctors and specialists or anatologists. And so early on, they started to see some anomalies in their growth. And it started with, oh, something's wrong with their kidney. Kidneys, you know, one of them didn't ascend to the proper area. Okay, it could be something, it could be nothing. So we just, you know, you pray. I'm a very faithful, religious person. And so it's like, okay, we'll pray. And we carry on. Next time it's like, okay, well, we're seeing something in their heart. So there seems to be a congenital heart defect, you know, that we're developing, but we're going to just watch it. And they sent it to, you know, different specialists and everybody confirmed what they were seeing. So yes, now they have not only a pelvic kidney, but a congenital heart defect as well. So then they transferred our care to Stanford. It's the children's hospital there in Stanford. And it was where they were able to go through intensive testing that revealed to us that our daughters have what's called 22Q deletion syndrome. And so we were so fortunate to become aware of that while I was still pregnant. Mm. You're never really prepared for, you know, for different, you know, just things that are not going as planned. 
So it was a lot. It was a pretty intense pregnancy because first it's like something's not developing well with the kidneys and then something's wrong with the heart and they're both going to need open heart surgery. And then it was like, oh, wait, okay, now we know why this is. And that was a big relief to us because we knew at that point why these things were happening. And so many people have a difficult time identifying why their children are showing certain signs, certain delays, mm -hmm. because they don't have answers. And so 22Q deletion syndrome is known as the most common syndrome no one has ever heard of because it is so common. It is as common or second to down syndrome in commonality, but it is so difficult to diagnose because it can manifest itself in over 180 different ways in our body. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, it could go un sorry, it can go undiagnosed for many for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And so we were so thankful to have those answers while pregnant right. and then take it from there into what their journey was going to be like. Right. Yeah. And, and that's good that you were kind of prepared, you know, for that, because oftentimes we tend to blame ourselves or, you know, and, and as Latinos, as a community, we often think that, oh, tenemos la mala vibra or something like that, you know, and it's like, well, it, 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 it there shouldn't be any blame regardless of what happens. But I'm glad that you gotten the, that you received the professional support and the awareness way before your babies were born and that way you can better prepare how to navigate this and so how really did you navigate this while also being a full-time working professional it was hard it was very very hard mm -hmm. uh, my goodness you know it's one of those things where you're in the moment and you you just you go through it Right. Mm -hmm. While I was pregnant, I remember telling my, it was almost like one thing after the other. It's like every appointment was something different that we had to learn and, you know, try to navigate our feelings around it. And while I was pregnant, I was, I was giving myself 72 hours to processes, crying out, do whatever I need to do. And then I have to focus. I have to focus because. I was now in, in a place where I had no control over what was happening mm -hmm. in the development of my child. But if I stressed or if I, what do you call it? If I stressed or if I got anxiety or any of that, then I felt like it would make it, I don't know, like impact them further. And that was short of what I was trying to do. So it was a mindset game, you know, it was now like, I need to take this, process it, and then focus on that by managing my mind. It was so hard, but it felt like it's something I needed to do. Yeah. It's almost like you were like trying to self-regulate your emotions, thoughts, and especially as moms, we tend to have very intrusive thoughts that are even impossible right but there's so much that runs through our brain and mind that we're just like well puede pasar esto or you know you're kind of creating a story you're you're creating a scenario that isn't even close to what could happen right and 
And I'm glad that you kind of caught yourself with that mindset so that you can still continue on and, and move forward. Did you receive therapy or what kind of support did you get during this process? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. Like I said, throughout the pregnancy, it was more of self-regulation. I don't even know. And so one of the things that I, you know, initially when we became aware of the diagnosis, it's like me with genetic counselors, you know, and it's like mm -hmm. you're being bombarded with information. One of the things they told us was whatever you do, don't go and search this up on Google. Mm -hmm. It's a scary place. Only search the websites that we tell you and only do these things. And I was very cognizant of that because Google is a scary place. You know, you can find, you know, a hangnail next thing you know, you know, you're dying. Yeah. You know? So that's how bad. And if you were to Google 22 2 deletion syndrome, you can find from the best case scenario to the worst case scenario. Mm. So I didn't. And I took that as advice. And I think that helped protect, protect us from all those negative thoughts, because at the end of the day, we are humans and we tend to negative thoughts. You know, it was hard not to. And I have a very, very good family support system. And like I said, I'm very religious. I'm very faithful. And so I would just give myself time to process the news immediately. And then I would share it with my family. At one point, it's like I started a, a personal like family blog where I could share what was happening with my family without me having to sit there and tell everybody the story because there's moments where you don't feel like talking about it, but there's moments where you need to get it out of your system. And so I found that this personal family blog, if you will, is that was my form of therapy. Mm. I got all my feelings out of how I was feeling, what I wanted to tell my family, how they could support us. I got it all out in my own time when I felt ready they always felt like they were informed. They knew what was what was going on in our lives, how they could support us. And yes, the messages never stop. But when you're overwhelmed, you know, sometimes you can't even have a conversation about it, you know, because yes. the waterworks start now. Yes. So I found that to be a form of a therapy, if you will, for me. Yeah. And I did that for a while. And it was very good for my soul. <laughs> yes, no, I love it. And the fact that you don't even have to over explain yourself or repeat yourself, it's all there. If your family wants to know more or what happens, you know, and instead of them like checking in and calling you all the time, like you're at least you allowed yourself to create that space and to just like write it out and whoever wants to read it, it's there, it's available for them. And that way, yeah, like, I'm sure it was like a healing process for you too. Like, yeah. Yeah. When I would, because it was almost like if you go to an appointment and you get some kind of news that you weren't expecting, there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And getting it out on paper, if you will, for me was a form of healing. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I let it out. People know how they can support me even if it's just with a quick message or something, because a lot of times people don't know what to tell you. Well, that is just a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. And you don't know, they don't know what to say. So just knowing a quick message, it was, it was comforting. Yes, yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's very important to know your background because I'm pretty sure that that set the foundation to what you do now, right, as a coach. So tell me a little bit more about what kind of shift your mindset to prioritize on yourself and the things that you are doing now to support other moms. Yeah, so that's, it's an interesting kind of development, if you will, of of process for me, because I got to a space in my mind where I no longer recognized myself. I was not showing up as the mom I wanted to be, as the wife I wanted to be, you know, as the friend, you know, all the different titles that we hold. I was in a space where it was, I just didn't recognize myself. I think it was overwhelmed. It was burnout. It was, you know, navigating a corporate job that had me traveling. I wasn't home all the time. So you add that component to it. And there was a lot, a lot of mom guilt in there where I'm not home every night with my kids. That's where I should be. Yet I am working the full-time job. My husband was the one that was home part-time because that's what worked for us Mm -hmm. in, in our in our home. And I'm so grateful that we had the opportunity to have my husband be there with, with the kids. And so along with my father, the two of them are the ones that did the caring for them when, when I was at home. And so after several years of that, it just got to a space where I was burnt out. I was burnt out and I had to start to look for my own resources. And I started working with coaches myself at different capacities. And I tell my husband every time, you know, I I level up in who I work with, I will always have a coach, you know, but it's a, you know, it's a different level of coach every time because I'm growing as a person. And so that's where I started working with coaches and I love the transformation that I was seeing in myself. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to make an impact on others. I needed to help other women who have been in the same in the same position that I have been in the space of mom guilt and overwhelm and burnout and take them through a mindset shift, if you will, where you could be a, you could be able to have it all, you know, have your beautiful family where you're not always grumpy, if you will, after the full full day's work, where you can just embrace yourself as a woman, prioritize yourself and be able to enjoy life. Because when you are in that space of burnout, you can't enjoy what you have in front of you. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Right, right. Yeah, you can't be fully present in any space right like you cannot be present at your work because you're just like counting the hours to go back home and then you cannot be present at home because you're just dreading what's about to happen and that is going to work the next day and so like when you're working with moms or with your clients like how do you help them sort of change that mindset so they can be more present and more aware while they are spending time with their children or while they are at work separated from their children. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's really 
we go through a full mindset transformation mm -hmm. and it takes time and everybody's in a different space. So that journey is going to look different for everyone, but it starts with you basically raising your hand and saying, I, I need help. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like just hitting that reset button. I just say, you know, just hit the reset button, raise your hand, you know, and that's where it starts. And then we go through this redesign phase. So the women that are working with me, we go through a redesign phase where it's where you're going to go through that mindset transformation. And that is entailed. What it entails basically is just really identifying what it is that you want as a woman, not as a mom, as a spouse, not what do your children want or, you know, you know what do you want as a woman? And a lot of people don't know how to answer that question because we have left that identity of women behind somewhere. Like we don't even know where she's at anymore. Yes. And we picked up a new identity of motherhood. You know, now I'm a mom. And along with all these other identities that we pick up, up that we pick up, you know, through our lives. And so that process is so powerful. Some women have a really hard time, like, I don't know what I want. I haven't thought about what it is that I want in years. And so we go through this journey where it's really bringing that focus back to you because that's where it starts. And that's where it becomes so beautiful because in that process of really rediscovering, if you will, mm -hmm. what you want, just you as a woman, prioritizing yourself, spending that time knowing that putting that focus on you, that self-love is not selfish. It's necessary. Mm -hmm. And it is so beautiful because once you start to do that, you see how it has a ripple effect with all those around you. Mm -hmm. The most impactful is with those people in your own home because they're starting, they see a different version of you, a happier version of you, a version of you that's dreaming. And in those dreams, yes, you're going to bring your family along with it, but it starts with you yes. and it's so important. And so it's that, that redesign phase of redesigning who we are as a woman. What do we want? What are our dreams? We start dreaming again. Mm -hmm. And then the, so we got the resetting, the redesigning, and then reinventing yourself. So once you have a better picture of what you want. Then you reinvent yourself as a person, meaning I'm almost like a different person now. You're the same person, but you've chosen to give yourself that love, rediscover what you love, and then go out and pursue that. And in that pursuit is where, you know, you bring your family along with you because it becomes a beautiful journey together. And when you start to do that, Oh, let me tell you, your children, depending on how old they are, pick up on that mm. and they see it. And for me personally, when I started working on myself and really focusing on me, filling up my own cup first before I can pour onto others, because, you know, we can't pour out of an empty cup. It's almost like everything in my home just comes from because I carried so much energy in the house mm -hmm. and if mom's grumpy I put everybody in a basket 
just with how I show up. So if I show up happy and I'm in a good mood the majority of the time, that carries through. And it's just so beautiful. And I hear it from other women that I work with, you know, yeah. how our jobs have taken over our lives because perhaps culturally that's what we've learned. That's how you food on your table. That's how you have your medical insurance. That's all that. And in an effort to protect that, we don't set the appropriate boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so I have seen some of the women that I work with really shift those boundaries, work boundary, and the difference it's made in their own personal lives mm -hmm. and their family. You know, their children happier to see them home early. It's just so beautiful. And it all starts with you. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for explaining the process. It's not easy. It's not a fast, like overnight solution. I think it takes a lot of self-awareness and self-assessing of like who we are, what is our purpose, what are the goals that we want in place and kind of like the whole resetting, redesign and reinvention of yourself. Like I, yeah, I never thought of it that way. And so I love the, how you are guiding these women to have a whole kind of like self rediscovery and journey among that. And so how can we really separate ourselves between being a woman and a mother, especially for young or newer moms, I say, mm -hmm. I, I still consider myself a, a young mom. And, and as a first generation college graduate, I'm the first one in my family to go to college, right? I had to kind of live that expectation about being successful and going into my job and growing there in my career. And I was getting there, right? But once I became a mom, I'm like, well, now I have to just like, you know, be this completely different person. And it's interesting because a lot of my family, a lot of the women in my family, they stayed home. So they left their jobs. Many of them were not really in professional careers, if you will. They were more in service oriented jobs, you know. And so for them, it was like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to leave it and I can always go back or, you know, I, I don't have to stay in this career because the only thing that I see is just, be, you know, being a mom, which is fine. But for me, as someone that was very intentional, right, in development and professional growth, and I was getting there, I was receiving a lot of advice about like, well, your babies are only small for this amount of time, you know, and it's okay, you can always go back. But part of me, it's like, well, if I go back later on, that means that I missed five, 10 years of promotions or salary increases. And then it's almost going back to where I left, right? And so I was just very confused and I just decided to pivot out of what I did, which was higher education, college access. And now I'm in this completely different job in a corporate setting that is nothing to do with me, but I did it almost out of survival, right? Because I'm like, well, I still have to work because I still have to pay the bills, but I'm working from home now and that allows flexibility, which it really doesn't <laughs> because I'm still in front of a computer almost like every day. And so, yeah, so like 
and and it was really difficult for me to really understand who I am as a professional and who I am also as a mom. And so how can we kind of differentiate those two identities, right? And how can we merge them together? Okay. This is such a good question. Oh my God. So for me and kind of the way I see, you know, separating, separating women from mother is we become a woman first. And over the span of our lives, we pick up new identities, whatever those are, you know, wife, mother, you know, single mom, whatever, whatever those identities are, you know, you pick them up in the process. And I always thought, you know, well, I am now a mother. I picked up this new identity that supersedes all the others. And perhaps because that's how I grew up, the moms, everything, like once you're a mom, that is your new identity and, and that's it. Not thinking that we have a lot of other different identities, you know, and first and foremost, we are women, but we forget about that. We forget about that. So if you forget about who you are as a, in, in the core, deep inside, if you forget that, how are you then able to show up in all your other areas of life, right? How are you able to show up as a, you know, badass mom? You know, I'm trying to, <laughs> not to curse, but how are you able to show up, you know, as a true, in those true identities, when you are in that space, when you show up to work, be that, you know, amazing employee. When you're with your spouse or partner or whomever, show up at that person, right? And motherhood, for some reason, it's like you're now a mom and everything else is set aside. And I don't know, I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing because that's what we have, that's what we've seen. That's how I grew up, you know? Moms are the last ones to sit at the table, you know, todos comen primero, todos se sirven primero. And it's like, well, what happened? And it's almost like a bit of a cultural shift where it's like, you know, we're, we're all together here, you know? And so separating the two honestly became part of my rediscovery, if you will. Like, you know what? Chris is a woman. Above all, I am a woman. And in order for me to be able to show up in all other areas of life, including motherhood, I need to take care of myself. And it was a bit of a shift because it went against everything that I learned and that I knew. Once you're a mom, it. But then to your point, Jessica, what happens when you decide to step away from your career from what you once had a passion because you fully want to be immersed into motherhood. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think at one point I kind of was a little envious that I didn't have that opportunity because that's what worked for us. Right. So what happens when you get to that point, you know, you're with your children, you see them grow and depending on, on the individual, you know, it gets to a point where they're like, okay, it's like my children are self-sufficient. They're in school. And then they lost their identity. They don't know who they are because they haven't prioritized themselves in years. So there's women that don't know what to do next. Like, how do I fill this gap of time where now my children are at school, 
for hours on end, I don't know what to do with myself because I've lost who I am as a woman. Yes. And so the way I try to separate both now is that I'm a woman, first and foremost. And then are my other identities, which is not just motherhood. I can't forget about my spouse. I can't forget about, you know, my parents. And I'm all these other identities as well that are equally important. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that and validating that because, yeah, especially for newer mamas who are struggling, right? And, and, you know, we all go through this identity crisis, especially within the first year. You know, it's almost like, well, where do I belong? And like how you said, it's also cultural, right? Like your mamas, tias are probably telling you one thing. Your colleagues are probably, you know, you're getting information from them as well. And it's like, well, you know, how do I really move forward? Like, where do I go from here? And that uh, I, I think it all has to do with perhaps clarity you know, getting a better idea, again, like who you are and assessing yourself and, and definitely considering support. And I think that with what you're doing and supporting other moms, I think it's very helpful and impactful as well to kind of help them be self aware and kind of rediscover who they are. And so as mamas, you know, like, how can we really bring the focus back to ourselves? Like, you know, what are ways in which we can prioritize on ourselves without us feeling guilty in doing that, without us feeling like we are selfish? It really starts by putting yourself first and recognizing that it's not selfish, it is necessary. It really is. But really recognizing the value and importance of yourself. You matter and you need to be okay to be able to live that happy, prosperous life that you want. And yes, you know, we're here sitting talking about motherhood because that is one of those main identities, like you said, that, that we transition into, but let us not forget who we really are inside. So putting yourself first. And again, like you said, you know, culturally, that's something that we perhaps haven't seen. Guess what? We get to change that. We get to change the narrative for our children, you know? And how do we bring that focus back on us? And it's interesting because I think it was last week. So I have a Facebook group and I could talk to you about that in a bit. I did a really short mini series on, you know, mindset makeovers for busy moms. Like what are things that we can do as busy moms to kind of just help us have that little shift in our mind, you know? And so there were really short bite-sized episodes because that's, we don't have time, you know, to sit there and, and go through all this stuff. So I intentionally do things that are like bite-sized and it was, you know, just accept help, you know, something as simple as accepting help. And I mean, understanding that, stop trying to meet everyone's expectations expectations that were set upon by who mm. right who said that we have to do x y and z this way so it's really interesting so i did that and i shared a few tips over the course of five days of how to have a, a mini 
mindset makeover is what I like to call them, a mindset makeover to help you just kind of prioritize yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. Things to kind of help you shift the way you think things should be. Because it really comes down to shits, what you know, or or the expectations. I I've had series on expectations, you know, expectations that we set on ourselves, you know, and how to put set some boundaries for ourselves as well. And it's hard. And so that's what I love to give women, you know, little tips, you know, me mindset makeovers. That's what I call them to help, you know, have a shift and bring some awareness that it's. Just because this is what perhaps you grew up seeing or believing, it doesn't mean that is the right way for you today. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that's what works for you and your family. And being okay with shifting. I remember telling, you know, some clients and friends and stuff, I said, you know, the moment I started to not care what other people thought, families, why I don't show up to every event, why this, why that, especially when my daughters were young, because of, it was a lot of work just to get somewhere, you know? The moment I was like, pues me vale lo que piensa la gente, you know? <laughs> and I don't mean that from a, from a rude place, you know? It's, I can't do it all. And I can't, and you know how it is, I'm Mexican. And so there comes a time of year Spring, summer, or you're going to have a party every single week, right. you know, and it's like, it, it's overload it's and, and it's, it's a blessing to have a large family, to be able to gather. I love that. But there was a point in my life where it was too much for us mm-hmm. because of the dynamic of my family and all the work that went on behind the scenes to care for my family. My husband and I were exhausted. Weekends are like, well, I just want to stay home. Mm-hmm. But I remember the moment when I'm like, you know, I'm going to do what works for me and my family, meaning me, my husband and my children. And it was like a breath of fresh air. I remember saying something once and I got a little bit of backlash. And I'm like, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to go to all these events. I'm not saying it's bad to, to be chasing your tail, you know, with all the different sports and all that. I think it's beautiful if it works for you. It wasn't working for us. Mm -hmm. Kids are not in sports because I'm not going to be the mom that doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. Can I, can I show up? Yeah. There's a lot of things that were happening behind the scenes to care for our daughters, you know, and just in general, and every family has that. Everybody is their own dynamic. So you cannot just have the same expectations for everyone. So figure out what works for you and your family and set aside everything that you've learned or that you've been told. It's the way you have to do it. Do what works for you. Yes. Yes. And I love how that even like the way that you parent, right? Or that you put your kids in certain involvement. Like it's interesting how that also relates to the way that you are prioritizing on yourself because you're not, you know, no estás como complaciendo a otros, right? And we often tend to do that for that image 
an appearance of being like the super mama, you know, this mom that can do it all. But if you personally don't like to be out there for like sports or like for me, like I'm not that kind of mom who is going to do like these like hands-on activities. I'm not creative. I I just don't, it just doesn't come natural to me. Y de por si, my son D like doesn't like to do those type of things. So I already know who he is and I'm not going to force him to do this like craft <laughs> if he's he doesn't he doesn't like it right but sometimes i'm like well why are those kids like super involved in that or why are these moms like really involved in their art and creative side of things and but yeah i think it's just really knowing who you are and knowing your family structure and adapting to that right instead of just again complaciendo uh the people that you think are watching you but they're not you know and especially social media social media has such a big influence and impact on the way that we parent sometimes but there's a lot of behind the scenes that you never know yep that's right mm -hmm. that's right yes Yes. And so when it comes to really strategizing about focusing on yourself and actually setting time for yourself in terms of reassessing or goal setting, right? Oftentimes, a lot of moms and including myself, I usually say, well, I don't have time, right? I just don't have time in the day to really take at least an hour of my day to focus on myself in terms of what kind of goals I want to meet or and it's interesting because I used to journal I used to like have a planner with me and for some reason once I became a mom it's like everything's like up in the air and it's more so more overwhelming to keep things in your head than writing things down at least for me I had to write things down but for some reason, I don't do that anymore. And so what are some sort of strategies that you recommend for those that say, well, I don't have time, you know, for goal setting or planning or reassessing? And it's interesting you say that because that is part of the program, if you will, uh, in terms of, you know, you go through your, your redesigning and now you're going to reinvent yourself. So now you have to figure out where am I going to fit this in? How am I going to reinvent myself? Right. And so one of the things that we talk about is that time is something that you create. You create time. But in order for you to do that, you need to have something that you are looking forward to. If you're really looking forward to, let, let's say you have a vacation, you're really looking forward to your vacation. Mm -hmm. You're going to make the time to pack, to do all the shopping you need to do, because it's something that you're looking forward to. Mm -hmm. So that's why we start with discovering what are your goals. And it starts with goal setting because a person without a goal is walking aimlessly through life. Like you don't have direction, but if you have a goal, if you have something that you're looking forward to, you're going to create the time. And so, yes, I don't have time. No tengo tiempo para eso. Or I'm so busy. Those two things are super, super common. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And so we work on changing the language. Mm. So for example, instead of saying, I am so busy, I'm so busy, there's plenty of time in one example, or I create time to do the things that I love because you become what you think about. Mm -hmm. So if you're always saying, I don't have time, I don't have time, guess what? You are going to find other things to do to occupy your time. 
That's just how our brain works. I don't have time to, you know, do this specific task. And maybe you're saying you don't have time because it's, you don't really know what to do. You know, let's say you set a goal and I don't have time to work towards my goal. Maybe it's because you're not very clear in your goal or it's so big that you don't know what those next steps are, but you have to start working towards it. And sometimes that confusion, and you're saying, I don't have time, but it's not that. It's lack of clarity. And so instead, mm -hmm. you decide, Ay, pues, voy a limpiar mi ropero. You're justifying yourself, the tasks that you're doing, they're, they're necessary. Like, I need to do this. I'm going to go do this. You find things to occupy your time. Because maybe you're lacking clarity on, let's say, a goal. Or same thing, you know, I don't have time or I'm busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I mean, when you repeat that over and over, it's almost like the anxiety starts to brew. Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I, I just don't have time. Mm -hmm. But if you're just like, take a deep breath and well, there's plenty of time. Things are going to get done. There's plenty of time. It's going to work out. It just almost like automatically makes you feel a little bit more relaxed. Right. And so how do we show up and how do we, you know, change this? It has to do with getting a little bit of clarity to identify what it is that you need to do in that moment, whatever it is, you know, goals or whatever it may be, get clarity on that. But it has to be something that you're looking forward to. I'm not going to look forward to cleaning my bathrooms. So I'm probably going to make time, you know, fill it out, you know, that's what I'm saying. But something that you really desire to do your goals, your passions. Mm -hmm. And so that's why there is a, a purpose behind the way the program is designed. Yeah. Figure out what it is that you want because you have to fall in love with yourself again and, and your goals. When you are working towards something bigger and greater, I mean, I'm telling you, I am someone who is so passionate. I want to make an impact in thousands of women's lives, you know? And it is a, a newer journey for me because I started my transformation. I'm still working a full-time corporate job, but guess what? I'm also an entrepreneur. And I know the direction I want to go. So I create the time. So for me, it's before my children wake up because I am so excited for where I am going in life that the time doesn't even matter. Yeah. I am excited because of the impact that I'm having. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this is going to take me to where I need to be in life or where I desire to be, which is not working the corporate job. It's working for myself making an impact on other women's lives because the transformation is so beautiful. You just want others to be able to enjoy it. Yes. So you create the time, but you have to have a deep passion and desire for what it is that you're going for. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Again, I think that a lot of our listeners are going to be very empowered and how they can move forward in terms of their identity as moms, but also as working professionals. And especially if they've ever wanted to accomplish a specific goal, right? To not let anything get in the way in, in regards to parenting, because I think it's always possible to do both, but it's more so about, like how you said, like kind of setting those goals, taking time to really 
assess yourself and kind of reinvent yourself for this intention that you have. And so you did mention a little bit more about your services. Can you tell us a little bit more about your programs and any new initiatives that you're doing with your business? Yeah. And so, yes, we've kind of dabbled on, you know, the services that I offer, you know, and right now I, I do have a core program, you know, to help people through that reset, redesign and reinvent yourself. It is a six-month program that women go through with full support, with one-on-one coaching that I provide. Not only that, it's a group as well, where women together in that group are going through that same journey. And it's so powerful because there's sometimes when you're there and other women are sharing, it's like, it makes you realize that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. and majority of my clients are Latina and there's something so powerful about working, you know, with, with other Latinas, because there's a lot of things that are culturally driven that perhaps you didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. And so that's beautiful. I'm getting close to wrapping up a signature program that I'm so excited to put out there to, to my community. And it's called the reinvention code. It's mm-hmm. the, you know, the code to get you through this beautiful transformation. And once I'm done with that, my goal is to then translate it and offer all my services in Spanish as well, because there is such a need for a Spanish speaking community as well. And that's where, that's the direction that I'm going. Not only offer this Spanish, but offer it, you know, not only in English, but also offer it in Spanish. I do have a free Facebook group called the Woe Mom Society, specifically Woe Mom, because it's, it's a word put together from women plus mom. But recognizing that you are a woman first, and it's a community that it, it where it's it's a place, let's call it a space where women discover and embrace the power of putting themselves first. And so I like to provide mindset makeovers is what I call them, little shifts, little tips that can help you make that mindset transformation. And it's a free group and it's bilingual. You know, I do it in English, but then once a month, I have Cafecito con Cris. It's the first Saturday of the month where we really kind of dive in also into some of those mindset transformations, but it's tailored to our Spanish speaking community. And I love it. And there's, you know, beautiful engagement with our Spanish speaking people. It's just, I love it. And I think this is why I get so excited because it's, it's just so inspiring to see other people be able to go through that that journey as well. I love it. I love how you are catering to the Spanish speaking community because I've never heard of this, you know, like with what you offer in terms of mindset, you know, coaching and kind of helping moms sort of rediscover themselves all while having this identity as Latinas. Oftentimes there aren't spaces for us. And even though it's very welcoming, there is no similar cultural relevant information in which we are able to really relate. And so I love how you are providing that space. So kudos to you. And I wish you the best in in this journey. Now we're going to shift gear towards our Viva La Mami questions that I ask all Uh of the mommies here on the podcast. So real quick, what still surprises you about being a mommy? That every phase teaches you a new version of motherhood Mm. and you are never done evolving as a mommy. 
So embrace it because every stage of your children's life is going to bring a better version of yourself. Just embrace it. Oh, I love this answer. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> what is one tip of advice you have for Latina mommies? Embrace motherhood, but put yourself first. Mm. Because it's not selfish. It's necessary. And it actually teaches your children the importance of self-love. And it teaches them that they are in control of their life and that they determine the direction that they want to go. Mm. I love it. We have to model the way, right? It's it's almost like looking at yourself in the mirror and essentially that's what our children are looking, right? Like how is mommy behaving? How is she reacting? How is she kind of making meaning of her life? And I think that that is something that we have to be very intentional of and really reflect in terms of how we are also allowing our children for their own growth. And so thank you so much for that reminder. All right, final question. What is your meaning of motherhood? Oh, goodness. For me, it's raising amazing children in this crazy world and teaching them to be independent, confident, and incredible dreamers in life. And I do that by leading by example. And you just kind of touched on it because we tell our kids to dream, but they don't see their parents doing it. Mm. So you have to lead by example and show them. Mm -hmm. Where can people follow you? Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram. <clears throat> There's also the free Facebook group that I welcome any women to come and join us. So those are the two main spaces. There's a YouTube channel where they can find not only that, but other podcast recordings as well. And then one other thing just that I want to offer your audience is a free session with me. It's a reset to redesign where they can create a free personalized redesign blueprint. And it is so beautiful because once you have the opportunity to go through that session, we get to explore different areas of life and you get so much clarity of where you are in life right now and where you desire to be. And I get to share with them, you know, how we can work together, but it's a free session, a reset to redesign session that I would like to, you know, make sure all your audience have access. To. I will make sure to share all of this information in the show notes. And that way our listeners can definitely take advantage of this and be a part of your community as well, because it is much needed. Chris, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me to spend this time with you and your audience. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mani podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit VivaLaMami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice.